Welcome to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream, the show dedicated to fun, practical mental performance strategies for your golf game. Join mental performance coach Jamie Glazier and co-host Ross Flanagan as they discuss how to manage your mind in one of the craziest sports there is. Welcome back to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast, everybody. The podcast for everyday golfers like you and me looking to improve their golf. I'm Ross Flanagan, your co-host. Sitting alongside me is the mental master himself, Jamie Glazier, CEO, founder of Dare to Dream. Jamie, how are you, mate? Good, Roscoe. Very well. Great to have you back. Great to have us all back in the... Uh, we've, uh, we've moved again. <laughs> we have. We keep moving. We're, we're, we're exploring every nook and cranny of, uh, of our golfing home down here at PK and on this wonderful... It's not New Year's Eve, it's the 30th of December that we're recording this. Yeah. We are sitting here in the boardroom, we're looking like two kings of uh, the PK environment, but we've snuck in here because there's no one else here. But um, it's great to be down here again, recording episode, what are we? Episode six. Who would have ever thought episode six, eh, mm. Anyway, it's uh, still going well for us, and this episode is a really, really important one for all of the golfers out there looking towards next year. And that is around goal setting. Now, myself, probably not the greatest goal setter in the, in the world, I have to admit. Yeah. And that's why when uh, we were talking about you know, end of year, new year podcast, we thought goal setting is a good one. Yeah. Now, Jamie, you've been working in this space for a long time and you've uh, worked at the highest level with some of the, you know, the, the high athletes that you've worked with and your own world. How do we start to talk about goal setting in a way that's going to help everyone out there become better golfers? Yeah, look, goal setting is very much an interesting process, an interesting process for for us athletes, us golfers, to get better. And I think for myself, my own experience with goals when I was a a tennis player is it was quite an unhealthy process, goal setting, because I was told to set goals really, really high. And inevitably, I'd continue to fail and fail and fail. And then after a while, I sort of had this, uh, this attitude towards why bother? If I'm going to just keep failing, why bother set goals? And then then your flip side of that, if you don't have any goals, for me there was also, a, I suppose, didn't have purpose or intent to what I was doing or not as much purpose or not as much intent. But it also was probably a, emotionally a little bit of a healthier process for me because I wasn't beating myself up so much. And over the past sort of 10 or 15 years, I've really noticed that a lot of people do have an unhealthy relationship with goal setting because of a, a similar pattern that I went through where we just they never achieve them so they get to that why bother stage. So I think it's uh, it's goal setting is very, very important, but it needs to be framed in the right way for you. Some people can deal with failing, not achieving their goals, but they have this understanding that they're failing forward. Other people when they fail, they they don't maybe handle that as well and it has a negative effect on them. So if you're a golfer out there listening to this podcast and you know, you're currently assessing where you're at and where you want to get to in 2020 with your golf, where do you start? Yeah. You know, let's, let's take it from my perspective. Um, you know, use me as the, as the case study. I set goals yeah. and I loosely write them down 
mm-hmm. you know, at, at, at the start of that period. Yeah. And then, then at some point in the time, you know, I'm either sort of reflecting on them and just self-analyzing how they're going. But at some point, you know, that whole review and you know recalibrate process doesn't happen. So yeah, I think it comes back down to the start point for me. Yep. You know, in in the effectiveness of the goal setting. Yep. And and that's where at the in the process. Yep. It sort of falls away yeah. for, me, for me. and yep. I, So I don't know how that ref, ref equates to everyone. And, and, you know, if you're listening, you may be an excellent goal setter and, you know, this is going to help you or, or you, you're just going to reinforce it. you're on the right track. But, you know, that goal setting part, yep. the start, yep. what, 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 what have you worked with? What do you take yourself through? What do you take some of your athletes through? How does that So the first six to eight weeks of a goal setting, like we're looking at the 30th of December, uh, New Year's resolutions and all that sort of stuff. So we're looking at setting goals for 2020 and the first six to eight weeks are critical, like absolutely critical. Most people have a large goal in mind for the year, which is fine, mm-hmm. but that's a 12-month process. So in a golfing sense, a large goal might be? So let's say for you, um, if your handicap's 4.0, 3.5, actually. Thanks very Sorry much. Sorry about that. Uh, 3.5. A large goal for you might be to get your handicap down to 1.0 by the end of the year or 1.5. For someone like me who's on 9.0, my big goal might be 4.5 or 4.0 by the end of the year. Now, whatever I do in the first six to eight weeks – there's only going to be a very small amount of what I do, what I achieve, that's going to relate to 4.0. But that doesn't mean I'm not on the right path. So I have to break down my 4.0 goal into very small chunks so that the first six to eight weeks, I'm getting a lot of positive reinforcement. I'm getting a lot of encouragement that I'm on the right track and I'm actually making the right steps or right improvements that with 12 months of, of path ahead of me, I'll actually, I've got a good chance to achieve my goal. But in the past, I've had a 4.0 goal in mind and everything I do in the first six to eight weeks, I I measure against a 4.0, which I'm going to fail a lot, lose some encouragement, lose some motivation, and then most likely after about four or six weeks, I don't feel good about this process, so I'm going to let it go. And then I don't stay the path, Mm. and then ultimately I I don't achieve my goal. So... You know, in that process, how do you, you know, that six to eight weeks, yeah. you know, is there a way that we should be reviewing those goals? Is it, is there, is it just as a matter of fact, just looking at you know, input, you know, I played golf six times, you know, I've gone from 9.0 to 8.9. Yep. Is there a, a, a tick box plus or minus? Is there, you know, how, how, does that re- how do you analyse that um, in a way that you can you know, either recalibrate if recalibrating the yep. thing or, or acknowledge that you've made some great progress or, you know, acknowledge that you need to keep working. Yeah. Is, is, it, is it simple? Yeah, well, it's simple. It's I like to generally look at breaking goals down into, like, for, for next year, 12-month period, break it down into four quarters. So three months, sometimes depending upon how much volume of golf you play. If you're, if you're playing twice a week... Uh, yeah, maybe twice a week. I was going to say once a week, but that's still maybe not enough to review on a monthly basis. But if you're playing twice a week, putting in a couple of hours of, of practice and training a week, then you have enough volume to review every month. At the end of each month, just sit back and go, okay, where am I at? 
what input have I put in and what's the output that I've got back? Now, I was saying to you earlier that if my goal from you know 9.0 to get to 4.0, a goal that I'd like to set myself by the end of March or end of February, depending upon how much I play, might be as simple as get my handicap down to 8.2 or 8.5 or if it's a three-month stretch, maybe 7.5. So just break it down so that's your first... I mean, for me, there's never enough positive reinforcement. Mm. So if we break it down into first goal, 8.5. Second goal, 7.5. Third goal, 6.0. So as you progress, you can have those chunks slightly bigger, the steps slightly bigger because you, you've got that positive reinforcement, patting yourself on the back. You've got that belief that you, you are on the right track, that belief that you can achieve. So you can set goals just a little bit higher each time. And um, for me, it's, as I said, there's just, there's never enough positive reinforcement we can have. So is it within that goal structure, mm-hmm. the inputs to achieving that, Yep. That goal, yeah. you know, do they they form the, the the other parts of the goal plan? Yeah, you know. So for me, and we've spoken about it in the in the brain hack uh, episode, and you know, when you gave me a whack about you know when I played at the um, the Oz Open, you know, doing those changing those behaviours yep. for me yep. is a really important part of improving my game, yep. gamesmanship. Yeah. So for me, that is going to form part of my goal plan. Yeah. Which is a, as far as I can see it, a contributing factor to achieving my goal for next year, which yeah. is actually not 1.5, it's yeah. or 1, yeah. it's 0. Yeah. Does that form a part of another goal? Is that a goal within so a there's, goal? Yeah, there's, there's, when we talk about goals, there's two goals. There's outcome goals, yes. which is the 0 or yeah. the 4.0 for me, but then there's the process goals, right. which are the actions and the behaviours, the steps that you have to uh, put in place and you have to execute that's going to help create that change. So when we go back to that cognitive sequence, the thoughts, emotions, behaviours, outcomes, it's if I want to change my behaviours that's going to help me to get a better outcome, what part of that cycle do I need to, do I need to strengthen? Is it, is it a technical behaviour or is it a mental behaviour mm-hmm. that's holding me back? And, you know, for me it's, uh, it's a really important thing. Like even yesterday I played and as I, as I sort of might have mentioned on my last podcast I'm starting to activate more of a competitive mindset within my own game I've just had a really great fun relationship with golf loving the banter loving the social side but have not been competitive at all this year and the last couple of rounds I've really tried to get competitive and I've absolutely loved it and yesterday I noticed it was the first round of golf where you know when you you start around and you're not nervous but you're you know you're feeling probably nervous, anxious, um, excited, like heart rates up. I felt that every shot for the first three holes. But I noticed that didn't go away. Six holes, seven holes, eight holes, it's still there. But I had a healthy relationship. I'm like, this is the first time I'm actually, in my own mind, this means something to me. Mm. So I should have an elevated heart rate. That's not a strange thing. That's a really good thing that's, that, that's there because that hasn't been there at all with my own game. And... For me, I just started to pay attention and be aware of what's actually happening. And about eight holes in, I got my voice memo out and just just spoke into my voice memo. Okay, so today, you know, feeling really good. I'm actually elevated heart rate, feeling quite, you know, quite nervous. But I'm noticing that my attention and my focus is actually quite sharp. There was a little bit of timidness, a little bit of 
um, maybe playing a little bit too conservatively and the north course around here can do that to, to a lot of us. But one of the big patterns I noticed was that I had three really poor shots that uh, equated to three outs and all those shots were just a lack of commitment to what I was doing over the ball and during the swing. I just lost a little bit of connection and, and then therefore commitment. And I just put that in the voice memo at the end of the day. I had 31 points and I walked off and I'm like, there are a lot of good things going on today. And I just, I know that the one thing that really cost me today was just my commitment on a couple of those shots. If I play any other course, I probably don't lose a ball and have a wipe. I may find it, scrounge out a one-pointer or possibly a two-pointer and I don't get penalised. But it was, it was a good process for me to just review midway through around the golf. What so, the, so the journal process? The journal process. The thought journal, which was instead of writing it down, I just put it in a voice memo, yeah. and which is equally as good. I've got it there to listen back to. And so from a reviewing process, your outcome goals you can review quarterly – but your process goals, you can review daily. Mm. So because you've got to check in with yourself, you've got to just keep yourself accountable to, am I doing the things that I've trained myself to do or what are the things that are getting in the way of my outcomes that I need to start training to do? So, yeah, breaking those up. If we go through a a process that I've worked on for years called a dream chart, okay, it's basically just a a goal-setting process. We get a bit of paper out. We set our outcome goals at the top in black, black writing. And then all the process goals, the things that you need to do, are all in a colour. And they're in your favourite colour. Whatever your favourite colour is, write those process goals in your favourite colour. Put that up on your wall and you try and just read through those things once or twice or three times a week. And what happens is our, our mind's attracted to colour. So when we look at that sheet, we're going to go to the colour a lot more, which is what we want to do because the process goals are way more important than the outcome goals. They're the things that actually create the outcome goals. Without those, yep. you know, we're, we're sort of gambling a little bit. Yep. So I bumped into, yeah, this is a bit of a truth-tell-all uh, sort of thing for me, but one of my goals this year was to you know, get a little fitter, lose a little bit of weight. Lost a little bit of weight, but you know it's arguable whether I got fitter. Yeah. But those who follow me on the My Love of Golf podcast and whatever, you know, would have seen that I spent some time with Oliver Yawn, yep. who, who we both know very well, and yep. and went through a program and had all the intention of you know that goal, and, and Ollie's program helping me you know achieve that goal. Yeah. But the the daily inputs, the check in, the process part of that just just didn't happen right from the start. Yeah. And therefore, the goal of getting fitter yep. and using Ollie and the work that he put in with me yep. just didn't happen. No. And fortunately, I've still got access to the program and yep. I've still got all that, so it's not a dead loss, but yep. it didn't happen and yeah, yep. I, got to, I got to a point of just writing that off. Yeah. Well, you look at the psychology of, of weight loss even. Yeah. It's a, a very, you know, if people are you know, quite out of shape and they want to go to the gym, they join a gym and then generally after a couple of weeks... The, the, the percentage of people that fall off the wagon is high yeah. because they're not seeing the outcomes that they want to see. Now, that stuff's going to take three months, six months before you see the outcome. So, but if we put more emphasis on the daily process, the daily actions and behaviours, a lot of people think I'll join the gym and I'll go once or twice a week and you know I'm buying into losing weight, but they're not really. you know. But again, it's 
what is holding them back or what's getting in the way from them committing to the plan and the process? For me, I'm pretty sure a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's not a lot of positive reinforcement in that, in that structure. They feel like they're failing. And then if we feel like we're failing, we're going to stop going down that path because it's not something we enjoy sitting in. We don't enjoy sitting in feeling like crap. So we've got to try and create a process and a structure. Some people are a bit more resilient. You know, they, they can fail and, and take, the, take the growth out of it. You know, when we talk about failing forward, they can fail but go, you know what, I'm, I'm failing forward and I'm on the right path and I just got to keep doing what I'm doing. Other people fail and they're not as resilient. They don't have that same view of, of failure. Um, and, and that's okay. I mean, everyone's a bit different. So, but I think for me, if we look at one model process, positive reinforcement works for everyone. Yeah. So, um, you know, chunking goals down and making them really small steps and, to a, a, you know, a good point that you used in regards to, you know, your fitness and your health. And, and this year, similar goals for me, my, my shoulder's been horrible all year. And, um, you know, for me, my goal was to, to get, to just to get healthy, just be able to play golf and not feel like I've been in a war, you know, been a fight with Mike Tyson because my body's just killing me. And it's, I'm now carrying my, my bag and I'm walking and I'm, I've had no injuries. I don't, I can wake up the next morning and feel fine. That to me is the number one most important thing. I can't achieve any goals yeah. unless my body's in a, in a decent place. And, and it's taken me nearly all year to, to do that. And um, for me, that was my number one goal. So from there, I can actually put some work in and activate that competitive mindset because I'm, my body's not holding me back. So I, you know, when I opened up the intro here, I said that you know I set goals, but I probably wasn't you know the best person at keeping myself accountable to it. And I listened back to on the other podcast that, that we do my review of last year, and I made mention of finishing on a three point five handicap, which is exactly where I finished this year. Yeah. So that's a posi- I take a posi- very positive out of that. But yeah. But I really didn't put any any effort or attention into the management of yeah, that. You know, yeah. I, th- I think you know I just had this loose sort of connection to just wanting to be better. Yeah. And it wasn't. Re- it hasn't really been until we started to talk about parts of my game that I really need to put the work into. Yeah. And that's the stuff that we've shared and talked about on here. Yeah. That I've started to see a notable notable yeah. improvement. Yeah. In my game. Yeah. So. I, now I have a very clear understanding of what I need to put as these achievement goals, these mid-step goals, yeah. to um, you know, to get to what I now have as my big, audacious, hairy goal, yeah. zero. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's three and a half shots. I know where they all are, mm-hmm. and I know what I need, now need to do yeah. on a day-to-day, yeah. week-to-week, you know, physical performance, mindset performance, and... Yeah. And golf performance, yeah, and I can check in with that on a weekly basis. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm quite excited about 2020 in a golfing perspective for me. Yeah, I, I can't wait to be yeah. honest. That's great. And yeah. I, I've I've never really you know started the started the, the start of a year looking at my golf like that. Yeah, you know, it's been another golfing year, great, but there's never been there's never been any, you know. Yeah, it used to be like to make the pennant team. Yeah, and that was I knew that was a walk up start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now I've got something that I can it, really attach myself to. Yeah, and it's, it's actually been interesting for me the last four rounds where I have activated that bit of competitiveness and I've sort of sat there as a bit of a spectator in going, activating a competitive mindset, what is that actually doing to me? How, from a cognitive performance, from a, from a brain functioning, what is that doing? Is that, what's the positive effect of that or what's the negative effect of that? And it's been really interesting to 
for me to realise again, and I know it, and I, I you know, I, I work with people on a daily basis about this, but to experience it myself, it's really cool to go. It narrowed my focus. It gave me more purpose, more, in, and I, it gave me more intention for shots. Now I'm now I'm thinking about what I'm doing, and I'm strategizing my way around a golf course, as opposed to I'll flag back right. Let's see how close we can get it because there was no meaning or purpose to a mistake. If I hit it in the back trap, which is the worst spot ever, I didn't care. Yeah. It didn't bother me. So then what I'm going to do is I get in the back trap and I'm trying to play the 1% shot, the, the soft flop shot that lands on the lip of the bunker and just releases down. I don't have that shot. I don't have it 70% plus of the time that I need to pull it up or to, to, to commit to it, but I'll try it because I don't care what happens. I've got no no goal. So now all of a sudden I'm actually strategizing my way, thinking and – Yesterday's round, even though I had 31 points, I drove out of here and I'm like, I felt really rewarded. I felt like that's what, that's what I want out of golf now. I, wa- I want to be challenged. And I'm not going to win that challenge all the time, but I took a lot of positives out of that and a lot of lessons in what do I need to tweak next round? Mm. What do I need to keep doing that I did really well, but what do I need to tweak just to try and fine-tune that a little bit and you know it's it's I've had four rounds I've had two rounds of three up and two up five down yesterday and two down so yesterday of five down was my worst score in the last four rounds that's um that's by far a really solid sort of improvement for me um you know because I didn't care in the past I could have 22 points or 16 points or 24 points and I'm not playing like 24 points, it's just that I don't care. So I'm not really, you know, taking each shot as seriously. But now I've got that competitive mindset. Now I can really look forward to starting the year out with some great goals and more importantly, some purpose and intention in what am I going to be doing on a limited schedule. I think this is an important one for for people to, you know, the people that we're speaking to are a lot of club golfers that don't have a lot of time to put in understand that your goals need to be targeted towards your input. What type of effort can you put in? Um, Minimal effort or minimal time spent, just make sure your goals aren't too challenging or too big because you just don't have the time to put it in. So, um, you know, for me that's, that's where reviewing and resetting goals every month or every quarter is important because I think I spoke to you earlier, I'm like, if I want to get from 9.0 to 4.0, the first three months of next year, when my game still, it's gotten a lot better, but it's still not at a 4.0 standard. But also it might be, the three months might be my opportunity to play as much golf as, as I possibly can and get some work in with the weather being good. So I might try and make a decent chunk in that, in that five shots that I've got to try and lose in those first couple of months. The third quarter being the, the winter season, I might not play as much. I might not practice as much. So that might be a period where I'm stabilising or I'm trying to drop minimal amount of shots on my handicap and then coming home with, with a flurry. You know, the last three months of the year when the weather starts to get good, my development in my game is actually starting. I'm giving myself nine months to build some patterns that I need to build and then that's the time where I might go from 6.5 to, or seven to four. We talked about the importance of setting goals and some of the contra- constructs of those goals. 
And we touched on it a little bit before when you when you talked about the colours, you know, using yep. the colours. Yeah. You know, for the guys out there that haven't really gone through a goal setting process, yeah. Or you know, their skill in that area isn't as strong as some. How do you start? You've got it's like an architect with a blank bit of paper. It's yep. the scariest time. Yeah. How do you start? I've got some ideas from from my corporate world experience. Yeah. Very good strategies for helping. Um, you know, people who wanted to develop professionally, and I think yeah. it's ultimately transferable, yeah. which we can talk about. But yeah. how do you start from your perspective? Yeah, blank, blank sheet of paper. Look at where I am. Mm-hmm. Okay, so write down exactly where I am. So for me, say nine point zero, and be honest, and be honest, and then write down like where your game's at. Mm-hmm. What are some of the strengths? What are some of the weaknesses? It's important to understand right now, like for me, if I'm off 9.0, what are the two main critical factors that have caused me to go to 9.0? One, without a doubt, is my competitive mindset, not caring about a result. I'll pick my ball up and I've got two shots left. If my partner's won the hole, we've thrown the balls up and we're playing for a round of drinks, if my partner's won the hole and I've got two shots left, I'll pick it up. Like, it just doesn't bother me. So the competitive mindset's been the biggest thing. The other thing is my short game. So I've got those two things that over the first three months of the year are going to be my priority to build because I know that's where my biggest gains are. So be really honest with your strengths and your weaknesses to start out the year and target the areas that you feel are costing you the most right now. Then from that point, you go to where do you want to be? What is the end of year, a successful 2020 look for you? What's the outcome you'd like to get to? And then write down what is the golfer that you want to become, strengths and weaknesses. So who, who does that look like? If, if you want to get down to zeros to scratch, what does that look like? What type of golfer are you technically, physically, mentally? Write, write all that down as well. Because sometimes we might look at that and go, well, technically I'm not actually far off that golfer, but mentally I'm, I've got, got a ways to go or vice versa. Um, for me, I know the last few months, mentally I was probably pretty decent, but technically I was not great at all. So hence having to go get a lesson and then I'm like, now I'm actually striking the ball pretty well and I feel pretty comfortable and confident. I, I know what I'm going to do with the golf ball. Not that it happens all the time, but I've, I've, I feel like I've got some control back, which is, for me, it was important. So just have a look at what, what you, who's that person you want to become at the end of the year. And then we just start to build a plan of how do we get from here to there. So in that planning phase, you know, some of the tools that we've used in the corporate world before, and there's always one acronym that um, you can Google this acronym in a, in a training sense, and it's, it's quite handy for some people. It's called SMART, yep. SMART goals. Yep. Specific, and I'm thinking of, of the cuff here. Measurable. Ha- measurable. Uh, attainable. Attainable, realistic or relatable, yep. and a time frame. Yep. Yep. And, and I think that's a really good, you know, if you just... Have that acronym there, and, yeah. and when you're doing the big goals, use that, yeah. um, and, and put that somewhere on your goal setting piece of paper. Yeah. And to your uh, using the colours, there's a couple of tools that you can go to OfficeWorks and get. Yeah. Post-it note makes some very good pieces of uh, office equipment. Yeah. Sticky notes, I think they're famous for Jamie. Yeah. Yep. Not a sponsored post. Yeah. But they make some big ones, big, yep. big like easel frame uh, post-it notes, which yep. you use in a conferencing type thing. Yeah. Write them on the wall. Yeah. Write them up big. Yeah. Stick it on your office, stick it in your bedroom, stick it in your man cave or your boy cave or your girl cave or whatever sort of cave you, yeah. you have. Yeah. But as you say, you're looking at it all the time. Yeah. The small step, the, the smaller goals, what, what, what's the correct way for us to input goals? Chunk, the, 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 oh, the process goals? Process goals. Process goals, yep. 
So in my mind, when I'm sitting here listening and talking about this, I've got the small block of post-it notes. I'm visualising the small block of post-it notes and I'm thinking about every little step that I need to improve, everything yeah. that I want to work on, everything yeah. that I need to achieve, yeah. and I'm just spitball, you know, spitballing them and I'm yeah. just writing them all on a bit of, bit of post-it note and I'm yeah. sticking them up on the wall. And that might be 10, it might be 20, it might be things in your golf game yeah. that you might want to might think need some work. Yeah. Obviously, if you get 50 or 20 or whatever, there's a lot there. But that then allow, allows me... To then come and prioritise those, to yes. come and align them under specific areas, yes, and then bring them back into okay, short game, mm-hmm. and I've got three or four there. Yeah, I've got three or four, and I'll put them under short game, and then I've got long game, and then I've got mental game, and then I've got fitness game, and then I've got the who I want to be game. Yeah, and I've lined them all up into those little buckets. Yeah, and then I can prioritise them. I think that's a really good point, Roscoe, because a lot of people have all these things they want to focus on, and they try to do them all at once. And it's just not doable. It really, I mean, unless you're playing golf full time, it's not doable to actually make an impact on those things. Um, so yeah, what you said to prioritise, I would definitely just be breaking those, breaking the year down into quarters. What are, what are my priorities in the first three months? The fewer the better. Mm. Okay, if it's one on your short game, yeah. um, if it's one on your mental game, and then you just focus on developing those things for that quarter what you'll find is because you have an isolated attention okay and you've got a high level of engagement to the process you're building it won't take three months to build it it might take six weeks so then it's time to reset when you feel like hey that's really at a solid point now that's really you know really great what's my next priority in that part of the game so a mental part you might build in six weeks and you feel like that's solid, then what's the next layer? Then you bring that in. But you might keep the same short game process, uh, uh, technical process, because you haven't developed that enough yet before you can push that aside and bring another one in. But yeah, I think that's uh, the prior- prioritisation of things is, is crucial. As I say, I just think a blank piece of paper is very scary. Yeah. And yeah. You know, just post-it note example, just stick them on the wall and just have a look and then just move them into little time frames or priority buckets. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, if that's a te- tip or technique that works for you. Yeah. And I think another point is we've spoken a lot about goals being outcome-driven. Yeah. Like they don't have to be outcome-driven. Like my goal this year was to get the love back for the game. It wasn't to do with performance-based. It wasn't to do with handicap. And I know I've spoken on the podcast about that attitude and mindset of mine has cost me performance-wise, but that's okay. I can't now activate that next set of competitive mindset without a love for the game. And for me, this year was just all about get my body just feeling good um, and more importantly, just enjoy golf again create a healthy relationship with the game and, and, and not beat myself up if I play crap or hit a bad shot or have a really bad round. And that to me, I think there might be a lot more golfers out there at the club level mm-hmm. that may need to make that a priority next year is to create a healthy relationship with the game. Because I, I often see it, a lot of people come to me and the game creates stress and anxiety and it should be our outlet for, like we call it Wellness Wednesday, you know, life outside the, the, the gates here and outside the golf course is stressful for a lot of us. Life these days is pressure, stress. Um, so 
we don't want to have any of that in, in, in our game of golf. So just make sure the listeners out there that if you want to have outcome-based goals and you want to work towards achieving those and, and make sure first and foremost you've got a healthy relationship with a game. Otherwise, you'll find yourself beating your head against a brick wall and maybe in three months down the track not be in a good place. Mm. So the foundation has to be to be solid and generally for, for, for most of us it's about having a healthy relationship with the game and um, just putting a good context around your relationship with golf. In terms of accountability mm-hmm. and keeping yourself accountable, yep. one of the other things that I've used in the past and been exposed to is having like an accountability buddy. Yep. Are your goals something that you should be prepared or should be happy to share with someone or, could you, or should you find someone that you're happy to share with? Is there some benefit in that for you? Absolutely. I mean, I think for... You look at um, just because you're not an elite golfer or a professional golfer, and you, we, we, we know a lot of professional golfers have teams around them, mm-hmm. swing coach, mental performance coach, physio, you know, all, they have a whole band of people that help them to become their absolute best. Just because we're not at that level doesn't mean we can't have that process. So if you've got a swing coach, go out there, catch up with them early in the year, all right, you know, Dave, this is where I'm at, what do you think, let's set some goals they'll help you put a process in place to this is what you need to do to get to that stage. Um, So have a think about the team around you. They're your accountability buddies or your golfing partners. Generally your mates, you know, there might be a bit of banter and sort of stuff in between, but we all have a common goal and we want to play better golf. So, you know, maybe use those as accountability buddies. Maybe there might be one night a week where you might go to the range together if, if you know, your life and lifestyle sort of uh, allows. Um, for me, Jackie and I, my wife, we, uh, we have what we call a, a dream dinner. We try and have it once a week, but inevitably it's probably once a fortnight. And we just sit down and we, we talk about, you know, what our goals have been and, and what have we been doing to achieve them. We just bounce stuff off one another and it's, uh, I think it's extremely important so choose that, that accountability buddy that, that you feel is going to help best support you, whether it's your, one of your coaches, your mates or your partner. Um, you know, it's, I think it's very important. So maybe, maybe we should continue the goal theme in future podcasts, Jamie. I, yep. I think, you know, if anyone would like to be brave enough to share their goals with us, yep. we would certainly welcome that, I believe. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we're always looking for people to help us build different perspectives um, which just goes towards sharing, you know, realistic yeah. golfers' experience, and just gives us more information to be able to then turn that into and use, you know, Jamie's skill and knowledge and experience into meaningful content and meaningful podcasts. So we might yeah. do more goal setting and goal review, yeah. um, using ourselves as the examples. But if anyone else wants to share some of their goals, if if they do, yeah. you know, do a phone in with them or something yeah. like that, Jamie. We could, yeah, definitely. So um, no, that'd be great. I think. Uh, you know, uh, whether it be a, a end of each month podcast where yep. we just touch on uh, touch on goals, even if it's a 20-minute, 30-minute podcast where we're just checking in on, on the goal-setting process, getting some feedback from listeners on where they are, the questions they might have, the challenges that they're facing. And, uh, yeah, we, we keep that going. I think that would be, you know, really meaningful and, and, and that for, uh, for, for both us and the listeners. One of my goals last year was to start and keep the My Love of Golf podcast going. And I did that, and that has had a very, very healthy uh, contributing factor to my golf. Yeah. You know, because it's brought that love of golf back to my game, and yep. it's given me a lot to to really consider about what why golf is important to me. So one of my goals is to keep going with you in the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast, mm-hmm. and make this golf podcast the biggest goddamn <laughs> mental 
performance golf, golf podcast in the world. Yeah, look, it's been um, it's been great. I've had uh, a lot of fun doing it with you, and it's uh, it definitely is my goal moving forward to just continue to bring relevant, good quality content in a fun environment. You know, it's this is golf. It's not life or death. You know, it, it's uh, it's just it's a game that can really you know chew us up and spit us out. And mate, speaking of relevant content, yep. great work on the uh, eight tips to building an unbreakable golf game yeah. uh, series. Thank you. If you haven't signed up for that series, please do yourself a massive favour because it will help you with your goal setting. Go and sign up for yeah. that program. It's free. Yeah. yeah. And I'm talking about your program. You should talk about it. Yeah. It's awesome. Look, it's just, yeah, thank you. It's just eight short, sharp videos, three, three and a half minutes, I think, for, for, for most of them. Just talking about eight different components, whether it be the cognitive sequence, pre-shot routine, post-shot, uh, art of attention. There's, it just helps to give you a little bit of an insight into the mental game because it's for a lot of club golfers, it's, they've had no training. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of people that might come to me and ask me, you know, they've, they're, they're, they're weak mentally. And I'm like, well, you just haven't trained that part of your game. So trying to get some, you know, just some simple little tips out there. And it's, it's been great. Had a lot of people sign up. I think there's been or possibly 120 sign-ups in the past sort of two, three weeks. Fantastic. And, um, you know, we just want to keep that keep that sort of community engagement. You know, there's – on each video you can uh, you can ask a question in the comment box and then I can come in and answer it. So we can help tailor some of these tips to, to you know, everyone's, uh, everyone's specific games and themselves. And, uh, look, 2020 I'm looking to, to definitely create some more video content and – taking that content into greater detail because the eight tips to an unbreakable mental game it's pretty broad general type of uh, information just to help people get some access to it but uh, but next year we want to create some high level content for those people that are really wanting to strengthen you know that part of their game and um, you know one of the important things with the uh, with the goal setting process is um, you know those outcome goals we spoke about one of the keys is is expectation management within those goals. And one of the healthy things that we can do is when we go to play around a golf, our goal for the day shouldn't be outcome-based or outcome-based only. So 36 points, for example, it may be processed. Well, from a process point of view, that's where our expectations should be. So expectation should be today I'm going to focus on really creating a good level of focus for each shot and commit to each shot let's see if I can do that 85% of the time or more session I had yesterday with a young kid at Royal one of his expectations moving forward he's a scratch marker or one marker is if he has a wipe or a double bogey his challenge then is to go let's see if I can have 32 points or more with that wipe so for him, it's more of a resetting process. In the past, he would have a bad hole or wipe or whatever it was, and all he would think about was, well, I can't have a 36 or more point round now because I've had that wipe, and then that would have a negative effect. He feels like he hasn't achieved his goal, so why bother? Mm. And then he'd turn a you know, semi-decent round into a 26-point round. But those little rounds are very valuable where you have a wipe and – you keep fighting and you, 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 like yesterday, 31 points. That was a valuable round for my development and growth next year. So when you go out and play, make sure there's an expectation management and, and focus on a process that you want to commit to for the day as opposed to what outcome you're trying to, trying to have. So um, 
So that's an important one, just to set those couple of processes that you're going to commit to and focus on for that round and uh, and take some value out of that, that positive reinforcement process. Unless there's anything else that we can do to deliver some goal setting and goal achievement uh, mindset amongst the listeners, I think we might just wrap it up for the year on that. What that, do you reckon? That's, uh, that's great, mate. I uh, really appreciate everything you've done so far and uh, wish you and Alex uh, and Lockie a happy new year and uh, we'll see you in 2020. Absolutely. You're off off away for a wee bit, but uh, yep. we'll, yeah, we'll get back uh, as soon as you're back on uh, Terra Australis. Yep. All the best to you, my friend, and uh, Jackstar. Thank you. Thank you very I, much. I can see that she is a fantastic accountability buddy for you, mate. She yeah. will keep you very accountable. <laughs> she sure does. She sure does. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, until next time on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast, thank you once again, and we'll see you in 2020. Thanks for listening to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and head over to daretodream.com.au for exclusive access to the free video program, Eight Tips to an Unbreakable Mental Game. Join us next time on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast.